here. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the podcast. It should go without saying. I'm your host, Andrew Lewis, and with me today is the host of Hoops and Heroes and NBA expert, Adam Amy. Oh, I think much, ex- <laughs> expert's a bit of a, a, a uh, oversell there, I think, but yeah, oh. fanatic, fanatic will do. No worries. How are you? Good, good. It's been a while since I've actually been on the airwaves. It's been a while since I've I've done a pod. I've taken a bit of a hiatus from from Hoops and Heroes, so it's good to be uh, back behind a microphone. Yes, I certainly uh, lost my podcasting virginity on Hoops and Heroes talking about the NBA, so hopefully this feels like a good old comfortable, well-worn pair of slippers. Well, if it, if it is that, we, we might be here. This might have to be broken up into what, a six-parter. <laughs> Conservatively. That's if we're, you know, we're short. And we that's the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah, that's just one division. Just a crazy, crazy NBA offseason. Unlike right. any I can think of. The only one I can compare it to is when I was playing 2K, uh, 2K19, and I hit simulate off-season, and I didn't know where anyone had landed. Yeah, the only one I can think of is uh, the Brisbane Lions at the end of 2009 when they traded for Brendan Favola and Amon Buchanan and Brett Staker and Matt McGuire and Xavier Clark. And even and that, that wasn't as crazy as this. Michael Voss took to, uh, yeah, using his, I'm sure, his PlayStation to uh, to figure out who he was going to trade for in that uh, that season of football. And that didn't work, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what moves work, what moves don't. Let's start at the top. The burning question coming out of this offseason and the period immediately before the start of the offseason, is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the NBA right now? The best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. Uh, a healthy Kawhi Leonard, you, I'd put him top three. You put him top he, three? He's, he's phenomenal. That's that. That's pretty much it. Not that I'm salty at all about his business dealings, but yes, he's a phenomenal athlete. Now we might be introducing Adam to a slightly new audience, some people who haven't heard Hoops and Heroes, and some of his NBA channel might not know him personally. Adam is a huge LA Laker fan, and we all know uh, Kawhi broke some Laker hearts by uh, coming into the building, but joining up with uh, the Clippers and not the Lakers. Well, it was more the way he went about it than anything. It was not underhanded, but I, I do believe the NBA is looking into how everything transpired would be the best way to put it. Mm, because Kawhi didn't sign with the Clippers until Paul George was locked and loaded to join the Clippers as well. So, from Yeah, well, the Thunder were what held at gunpoint pretty much to, to trade him. Yeah. And, yeah, that, know, that, that all went down when I was watching uh, watching the Avengers <laughs> in a cinema and my phone buzzed and someone said, Kawhi is going to be a clipper. And I may have very loudly in the cinema said, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> and that's why, that, that's yeah. why I don't go and watch movies in the cinemas anymore. That And that's the only reason. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, to hear Paul George... Uh, all, all that that movement was, oh, it, it, I was taken back. So many talking points and items to discuss just coming out of 
one guy, you know, how he performed in the playoffs and the finals. Then you've got Kawhi leaving the Raptors or, you know, the, even talking about how the Raptors got him and the gamble they took him, you know, it was worth it because they won a championship. But then, you know, now you've got sort of like the first empty belt NBA title since probably Jordan retired where you, it's almost like we don't have a defending champ this year. Well, you, the, the Raptors certainly won't be, won't be the same, same squad. Well, not, no squad's going to be the same this season, but yeah, the Raptors take a dramatic turn and uh, I think they'd be very, consider themselves lucky if they get the opportunity to get to the playoffs, mm. let alone the, uh, the NBA finals. Yeah, I mean, Siakam is an improving player. He was the most improved player in the league last season and had a really good NBA Finals. But a lot of those guys was were brought in to sort of surround Kawhi. And yeah, well, I just, think that's a that's a lot to put on uh, an improved player's shoulders. Yeah. So yeah, you know, how long do they persist with uh, some of the other pieces around there? Can they move Lowry? There's there's a couple of teams now around. Oklahoma City in particular, who just have draft picks to burn so many assets that they can pretty much just do exactly what they want. So it's it's, it's definitely there's there's a lot of uh, well the league's in flux I guess at the moment. There's a lot of uh, predictions about where teams are landing and what they're doing with their rosters, but a lot of teams have showed their hand. Mm. I guess uh, putting investing in draft picks, going you know what. We're, we're going to rebuild from the ground up. And, and Oklahoma City have done that before. That's how Durant and, and uh, Russell Westbrook ended up together. Yeah. Obviously, a, a situation in flux in Oklahoma City. The Clippers have had a few periods in the last 15, 20 years, you know, the, the sort of Cassell-led Clippers of 04, 05, and then obviously Lob City. Is this the most relevant they've ever been now that they've got Kawhi and Paul George adding to a team that, you know, were a frisky eight seed last season? Well, I, I'm I'm going to sound extremely salty with uh, <laughs> with this observation. What a surprise! But, but I really think uh, people have jumped the gun on the Clippers. Now we we need to note that Kawhi, before he rose the uh, the the trophy at the end of last season, spent basically the whole year with the Spurs saying he was injured. Now, they load-managed him through most of the season last year. Mm-hmm. And and I believe currently uh, Paul George is having his arms reattached <laughs> uh, because his shoulders were broken. That's not one. That was both. So yeah. surgery surgery on one, I believe, but both were, were not in great shape. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think the biggest question is injury. Yeah. I mean, a lot of red flags for them in terms of if you were going to have them, you know, in a, in, a, in a bet as the number one seed or getting to 60 wins, there's a few red flags there in terms of, you know, Kawhi, what was it, 60, low 60s games played last season. Uh, Paul yeah. George, obviously, with the shoulders, and you know he's had the broken leg, and he's had a few issues in the past. But if you think of what Kawhi did, and once you get into the playoffs, the load management sort of reduces as every game is important. But 
you've also got this you haven't got the back to backs, you haven't got the three games in four nights, that sort of thing. Yeah. Also hard to think of many better second bananas in the league than Paul George. With all due respect, he's the ultimate complimentary piece. And he, yeah, he's never he's never been that player that sort of wants the spotlight and wants to be number one. He he's sort of been a supporting cast member wherever he's been, except for he he started in Indiana being the number one, but he didn't seem to shine there. Mm. I mean, Does his very, best work in in second spot? Yeah, they had a very good team. Then yes, and, and it and it sort of flashed, and then you know once the league moved past seven foot tall guys who get overtaken by glaciers, then <laughs> the sort of you had to build your team differently. So And spending uh, twelve months out with a with a broken leg, the, yeah. the, the the landscape changes, I guess. Mm, I can understand having that sentiment in terms of let's wait and see on the clippers, let's not crown them just yet. Look, on paper, I'll, I'll give it to them. Uh, that that combination of Kawhi and Paul George looks scary. Mm. But on paper, another combination that's been put together looks scary. They're over in the east. I'm not jumping the gun with my squad. But one of those one of those scary duos out for a whole season. Yeah, yeah. And that's shall, uh, shall we jump the uh, jump conferences and, and talk about the the big move in the east? Yeah, KD Kevin Durant to Brooklyn. It's almost hard to believe that injury happened. Yeah, is it, is it is it potentially the most devastating injury in NBA history? Uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that that blame the Warriors for the injury, and and I think that's sort of misplaced. The there guy had a. There was a lot of information flying around about the injury. You know, yeah, it was one of those injuries. Is like, oh, he's day to day from the start, but he was day to day for a long time, and I, I think he was almost there. Uh, when he first went down, mm. oh, I think he was he was almost done, and the Achilles was already not in good shape uh, before he made his comeback. I mean, I'm no uh, physician or human body movement expert. But I would imagine if you've got a hurt calf and you've got a tear in your calf or something like that, it would put extra strain on the surrounding ligaments and things like yep. that. It wouldn't be good for your Achilles. Yeah, and I'm and I'm uh, sure he knew the risks that he was taking. Yep. Uh, when when he declared himself fit enough to play, because at the end of the day, it, it was his choice. But yeah, that that's it's heartbreaking to see an, an absolute superstar go down like that. And um, yeah, hopefully KD comes back, he recovers, and 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 we see at least the same Kevin Durant when he comes back. I don't know if it's recency bias, but this injury seems like, in terms of the finals, it's going to be what people talk about. They're going to talk about two things. They're going to talk about Durant being injured and Kawhi being awesome. Well, and occasionally about Clay. Yeah, I mean, Clay did his knee as well and then didn't want to come off. Um, So they talk about those injuries, but... It's funny looking at a historical, looking back, there have been injuries that have had a huge influence on deciding NBA finals throughout the history of the league. The one yep. that pops into my mind that'll be, you know, not happy memories for you would be 
I think it's the 89 finals when the Pistons swept the Lakers and I think by the end of the series, Magic Johnson and James Worthy were both out of the series. Yeah. But no one seems to remember that. All they remember is, you know, it was the bad boys' time. And the year before, obviously, with uh, Thomas, Isaiah Thomas badly rolling his ankle at the end of that series, which sort of tipped the series just in favour, a hugely hard-fought series in, in favour of the Lakers a little bit. Well, that's it's, it's one they, of those things you don't want in the narrative to be the injuries driving the storyline. Mm, but there have been finals which have, which have been affected by injuries. Uh, I'm not trying to pick on the Lakers, but the thing that just popped in my head there was 2004 when Carl Malone got mm, I was going to say Carl Malone coming to get his ring. and Yeah. There was a 68 yep. win Celtic team in the 70s, which I think was Havlicek's best season. And then he said, Hang on, was that Detroit shot. both times? Yeah, it was. It was the Pistons both times. Um, have a check in, I think, 73. The Celtics won 68 games and he separated his shooting shoulder in the conference in, you know, in the first or second round of the playoffs and tried and got through the rest, played the rest of the series shooting left-handed. Yeah. And they, and they got knocked out by the Knicks in the conference finals. So, Wow, the Knicks in the finals. That is a long time ago. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to all the Knicks fans um, as we talk about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Oh, um, look, they ended up nearby. <laughs> There's going to be an upside for Knicks fans. You managed to avoid the two most miserable superstars in world sport. Um, yeah, consistent. I used to I used to really like Kevin Durant off the court, and then he just got really weird. Mm. I think he kept the wrong wrong burner account. <laughs> Shout out to all the Sixers fans there as, as well. Mm. Um, it's incredible that. Uh, they, the Celtics pretty much ended up driving Kyrie to the airport. Uh, two or three weeks before the end of the playoffs, uh, Danny Ainge was yes, there, there are a lot of post-Kyrie world. Yes, it's. Um, I believe um, I heard on a number of occasions uh, Bill Simmons <laughs> saying he would personally drive uh, Kyrie to the airport and make sure he got on his plane. Shout out no. to the pod father as well. I pull one out. Yeah, see, um, oh, when one of their when their biggest supporters are basically saying we don't want you, yeah, you're I more trouble than you're worth. And and look, there was a a troublesome couple of years for the Celtics with with Kyrie in particular, injured for for one, and then when he's healthy, the chemistry gets upset because Terry Rozier was it? Yeah, Terry. Yeah. Basically lost his starting spot and, oh, well, he got paid this offseason. He did. Lots of people got paid. So People that shouldn't have got paid got paid. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn I don't see enough? how they're much different. Yeah, I think D'Angelo was sort of underrated uh, what the Nets did this season. Um, I think it was certainly a lot of feeling around that maybe – Maybe they would have been better off with D'Angelo Russell long term rather than Kyrie long term, but they probably don't get Durant if they don't give, if they don't get Kyrie. So well, suppose, trading Durant for D'Angelo. So yeah, yeah, they it's certainly uh, remember that what we were talking about rolling the dice and and being on a certain path with rebuilding and whatnot. I don't think Brooklyn um, have really gone down that long term mm. road. They're in they're in win now mode now. Yeah, having said that, the the choice of Kyrie and 
Kevin Durant to go to the Brooklyn Nets over the New York Knicks just makes a heap of sense because the Knicks are an appallingly bad franchise and they're terribly run. Yeah, well, I, w- I was going to go the the more polite way of saying that and go Brooklyn's really on the up and up and they've they've done they've made some really good moves and constructed their team really well. Yeah, and just just for those playing at home. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. If I'm saying that your franchise is badly run, then your franchise is badly run. Very badly run. Yeah. My two favorite American sports teams are the Phoenix Suns and the Oakland Raiders. So I'm going to stand here in this glass house and throw stones at the Knicks. <laughs> well, look, you, you can't go much further down with the uh, the Suns. And I, and I actually think they, they have stepped up a couple of rungs. Um, well, I thought not, they were going to do it last through- season. Not through improvement, more through other people going through that floor. We're resetting where rock bottom is. Fair enough. Shout out uh, to the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> They're paying what ninety million for that roster this year? Something insane. Minus Kemba Walker, yes. Without Kemba Walker, so they're yeah. going to be a thirty-win team. They're going to be stuck in the middle. They're not going to have a good lottery. Pick. Did you say thirteen or thirty? Thirty. Yeah, I, I'm going with 13. You're going with 13? Yep, they're, they're, they're woeful. I think my teams for 13 last season were uh, Brooklyn and Sacramento, which were both horrendously wrong. So <laughs> I, had, I had Cleveland fourth in the East. So all, yeah. prediction, all predictions wrong, all your money back. I do believe we, we, we said that Toronto hinged on a healthy Kawhi. Yeah. That they would be a relevant factor if, if Kawhi was healthy, so... We were right there. Do you think? Where do you think? Where do you think the Nets will be when Durant comes back? Or when he comes back? Yeah, it it depends. Uh, look, even you look at players that have come back from Achilles injuries. I think the first season back is just getting back up to speed. I don't think Durant's going to be anywhere near the KD we're used to. Uh, for at least the first half, if not three quarters of his first season back. So Brooklyn, I can't see them being in the the top half of the Eastern Conference. Uh, uh, sorry, of the top half of the top eight. So that okay. fifth to eighth spot. Do you, do you have any experience closely following an athlete who has a torn Achilles? Oh, um, I may have uh, <laughs> witnessed one of my heroes go down with an Achilles injury. Thanks and, for that. And, I'm, I'm looking at him right now, thanks to you. Oh, lovely. That, that's the, oh, that's right. My photo's the when I met Kobe. That's right. That was totally intended. That's totally going to be my photo forever. That's going to that's gonna even be on my fun. wedding day. That's on, that's on the wedding cake. <laughs> That'll be a fun three-hour podcast when we finally go 12 <laughs> rounds over who the greatest shooting guard in Laker history is, Kobe or Jerry West. Oh, we all know West it's Kobe. It's right now. Sorry, you're talking about great clippers, aren't you? <laughs> Soon to be great clippers. Yeah. Like Lloyd Vaught. Um, okay. Let, All right. Brooklyn. Let, let's get to what you want to talk about. Do, oh, do I want to talk about it, though? I don't, want to, I don't want to moz my own team. You got Anthony Davis, which was always going to happen. How good was that? You traded <laughs> quite a haul for him. Which then, you know... In defense, in defense of the haul that we traded, Anthony Davis, they say, is questionable with his injuries. 
Mm. I think on a a superstar beside a superstar like LeBron, he's going to be less feeling less injured or more more keen to get out there. I know I think it's along the lines of the unhappy player feeling the injuries a bit more, so to speak. That said, the Pelicans are getting an injury-prone Lonzo Ball. They're getting a currently medically complicated Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And Josh Hart, who's probably biggest. No, no, he's just full of confidence and has a chip on his shoulder. Really good role player, I guess. Okay. And in return, we, we got Anthony Davis. I mean, he had to do it. No, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, Anthony Davis is one of the best five players in the league when fit and firing. Yeah. Um, as soon as as soon as that those uh, lottery balls fell, once again, poor Knicks fans and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got the fourth pick, and and I think the writing was on the wall that 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 was going to be traded before before draft night, and the the Davis deal was going to get done. Does. Does Davis win the MVP if LeBron decides that Davis is going to win the MVP? I believe LeBron James has decided that it's time for Davis to win the MVP. Yeah. And well, I, who else, who, who better to facilitate someone winning an MVP than one of the best players in the world when he's fully healthy and fit? And LeBron had a reasonable length offseason for the first time since he was probably 19. Correct. Correct. Uh, uh, probably a well-deserved rest. Yeah. Although I was looking forward to seeing the Lakers back in the postseason. It was a bit of a train, train wreck of the season. Didn't Andrew Bynum kill a guy the last time you played the playoffs? <laughs> uh, yes. I, w- I watched some of those um, those NBA finals. So that was 2011, so it's been like eight years out. Yeah, 10 and 11. I that still was, remember the Boston series. Yeah, that was a title defense, 2011, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, 11 was against Boston, wasn't it? And Orlando was 10. No, no, Orlando was 09, and then Boston was 2010, and then 2011 was being swept by the Mavericks. Yeah, that's right. Then the Mavericks just, yeah. we. The Mavericks yeah. won the title. That's right. And then, and then Kobe hurt himself, and Dwight came to LA, and all this other rubbish happened. And... I, you know, Steve. It's one of those Steve memories I'm trying to erase, but people won't let me. It's the Steve Nash. I thought that was going to be a great team until legs got broken, and yes, the rest is history. Mm. We have not smelt the playoffs since, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually quietly confident about the way the roster's being constructed. I mean, some guys have been brought back. You've... Well, it was interesting with. In. With the Kawhi, um, the Kawhi decision. So the Lakers were sitting there. They had Anthony Davis. We all knew he was going to waive that four million trade kicker, and just so happened to snag a role in Space Jam Two. Um, yeah. So once the the Kawhi news dropped, the the Lakers moved pretty quickly, and it looked like they had a, a contingency plan. Mm. Like they went straight into action and gone. Here's Plan B. We don't get Kawhi. Look, let's get Boogie. Let's get Danny Green. Let's get some pieces, which once Davis came across, the the debate was, do the Lakers get another star or do they look at getting role players? Mm. 
And I and I think Boogie is going to be a very, very good pickup for the Lakers now that he's had some games back from his Achilles. Yeah. Uh, Danny Green's an underrated pickup, I feel. Uh, um, yeah, his defense is going to come in, in. Yeah, and he's a big game player. You know, he's played in a lot of big, important games in San Antonio and in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Big shots. Um, I, I like that signing for Lakers. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the lineup sort of shakes out. In terms yeah, of what, what, a, what a starting five and what a crunch time five looks like. I um I like the the look of, of Danny Green um, on the squad in the with the makeup uh, cousins who can who can sort of give Davis that time at power forward. If need be, because we we all know he he prefers to play the the power forward rather than the center position, and and then you've got Avery Bradley, who's actually had played some good basketball and really has a chip on his shoulder. So I think picking up pieces that that do have that drive to to get to the top or back to the top in some cases. Is there another piece coming in twelve months, twenty four, thirty six months time? Come on, this is your wheelhouse. It's some sort of there's always someone in the pipeline. There's some there's gotta be something brewing. And and one would think that the the surname Antetokounmpo, who Costas was uh was claimed off the waivers, yeah. might be a subtle attempt to get into the uh the family's good graces. Fair enough. Is that is that the most subtle way I can say it? I wasn't I wasn't searching for subtlety. <laughs> I, I was I was searching searching for you know our usual turn it up to eleven you know Homerism from everyone's favorite Laker fan. It's uh, look after the disappointment of of the first season with LeBron. I don't think I crank it above a seven at this stage. I'll, Fair I'll remain quietly confident. The other, well, the, the the other notable there is Rondo re-signed and Rondo Davison and Cousins all played together and did quite well, if memory serves me right, in New Orleans a couple of years ago. Yeah, leading up to the obviously the Achilles injury. They were a good team. They weren't a great team. Well, they didn't have LeBron. No, and but I think a few people thought when that trade happened and Cousins was put together with Davis that it was going to be a great team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a lot of time to build chemistry. Mm. But, yeah, it's – I think I think it'll be interesting to watch. Okay, so just right now, sticking your neck out, who in the West are the Lakers better than? Or, or if it's a shorter list, who aren't they better than? I as, think as the teams are all currently constructed, as they're currently constructed, uh, health not being a factor. I think yeah. the, I think the Rockets are a challenge. I'm not. I'm not going to say that the Lakers aren't or are better, and I think the the Clippers definitely have chemistry at the moment over the Lakers. But aside from that, I I would I would pit this Lakers team pretty much against the rest of the the conference. So you're pretty confident Lakers have home court in the first round at this stage? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. But that that's all dependent, obviously, how many games LeBron plays, how many games Davis plays. 
who gets no, injured, what happens. I think the most underrated team is is one that um, that we might be talking about a bit later. So, no worries. Um, you mentioned the Rockets. I did. I did. I didn't think it was possible for a team to have a combined usage rate over one hundred percent. I didn't know that was actually possible for 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 man like the uh, the front office to go all in multiple times on players. <laughs> the amount of times the Rockets just find a way to go above all in, find other ways to trade, and they they don't have any draft picks until. Um, 2063 now, is that right? Something like that. Yeah. They get their draft picks back before the next two, I think. But I'm just going to pick on the next. There's going to be a few Olympics. Draft picks now, actually, in all seriousness. But there was there was a good 20-year patch where they didn't have a draft pick. Yep. And, well, this is what, they're, this is what they've, they've done again. And they've gone, well, how do we how do we upgrade Chris Paul? The most, what do they call, the, one of the most untradeable contracts in the NBA. Yeah, and the only way to do it was to find a more untradeable contract and trade for it. Yep. Yeah. And give up a lot for it. Yeah. So. The contract might be bad, but I tell you what, I actually, I think this is a wait and see team. Because if they learn to work together, there's, there's two MVPs on that team. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think. We've we've gone through the cycle of our relationship and how we feel about James Harden. Yep. Now, last year, after the first six or seven weeks, they were a very, very good team. They dropped this game right at the end of the season that ended up put them on the wrong half of the West of the Western Conference playoffs and they met the Warriors in the semifinals instead of the finals. And yeah, they were still a very, very good team. But there's this, there's this feeling that Harden's a good regular season player, but he's not a playoff. He's not the same playoff player, and he can get figured out in the playoffs when you're meeting him. You know, is this the point where I where I jump in and and say because there's less travel in the uh, in the in the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> for James Harden? Very funny. Sorry, oh um, boy. We all know. Russell Westbrook's well-earned reputation as being the most competitive guy in the league. Yep, most definitely. Is there a point where it's just like Westbrook looks in the mirror and thinks, you know, I'm in my early 30s. I want to win a title as much as I ever have, but I'm just, I can't, I can't do it the way I've been doing it. I've just got to become this sort of, I've got to have this, moment of clarity, rational clarity, and at least offensively, Harden's the guy, and I can fill in the gaps wherever I can, and I'm going to have to cover for Harden a bit defensively, but I'm just going to have to, I can't be the kick, I can't be the guy who's dragging this team, kicking and screaming, Mm. and doing everything with another guy who does everything. It's I I don't know I don't know how exactly to describe how I feel about this team right now. Uh, in in one corner I, I see Russell Westbrook going. You know what? Everyone says I'm so ball dominant, yet I average over ten assists a game. Yeah. So we know the guy can and does pass the ball. Mm. I understand the usage rates. 
I think in the back of Russell Westbrook's mind, he's thinking James Harden is going to have to adjust to my style of play. And in the back of James Harden's mind, Russell Westbrook is going to have to adjust to my style of play. It's going to take a little bit of time, but once they figure it out, I think those two can be really, really dominant. I mean, this is the flip side because obviously Westbrook was traded for a guy. That's Chris yep. Paul. He's in Oklahoma City and there's lots of chats about, you know, does Chris Paul suit up opening day for the Thunder? You know, Probably. But there's no talk about Reluctantly. that from, from <laughs> Westbrook's point of view. I mean, this is, this is like a Huey Lewis song. They have to be happy to be stuck with each other. These two yep. guys are playing the whole season together for better or worse, in sickness or in health. Three steps or four before they shoot, you know. They well, you look at Westbrook, and as as uh, driven as that man is, and as as unrelenting with his wanting to to jack up shots, I think he's going to find that he and Harden actually work really well together. I think Westbrook is the the guy that's going to attack the lane, and Harden's going to get a lot more open looks because Chris Paul while he may have been remarkably good with the, the pick and roll stuff, he's not taking taking it to the ring if Capella doesn't or can't. So he's, the pick and roll stuff's great with Chris Paul, brilliant high basketball IQ, but he's not posterizing anyone. No. Westbrook gets given that lane. He, he's dunking on people. But and that opens last... that opens up that opens up Harden. So I think they can learn to space the floor. Maybe Capella actually loses minutes. That's interesting. They go even smaller. Mm. Westbrook doesn't lose your rebounds, does he? I mean, he's averaged ten rebounds a game the last like three seasons. So pretty much as soon as ever since Durant left, he's been averaging ten rebounds a game. Yep. Yep. And that's um, I mean, you know, he rebound chases, but the he's a guard that can rebound well. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, Westbrook was pretty much the worst pick and roll player in the league last season. Correct. Statistics. So that would that would that would be a leap from someone at that stage in their career with such a well-established. Uh, that just means, uh, Mister Antony, and we all know why I don't say the D because there is no D in his uh, repertoire at all. Uh, Mike Mike Antoni, lovely coach of the year. He he'll just have to adjust his game plan. It's still an offensive game. It's still an attacking game. But what happens if Westbrook and Harden both want to take a break on uh, on defense? Because that's where I'm, they rest. I'm I'm leaning more towards uh, train wreck. <laughs> train wreck. Yeah. Look, they they've played together, and it might be just PR, but but. Westbrook's come out and said, look, we've, we've played together. We, we're great friends. Maybe they do find a way. I think if they, if they do find a way to, to make the adjustment rather than expecting others to adjust, then they, they could be a threat. But if egos get in the way and there's two egos trying to be the alpha, things could go downhill pretty quickly. Yeah, and yeah. no way of recovering because they've traded most of their draft picks. Yeah, I think... Of all the teams in the NBA, they've got the biggest range of possibilities in terms of win total. Yep, the biggest swing. Yeah. Yep. So I could see them winning 30 games and I could see them winning 65. 
if at all. Yep. I don't know if any other team has a 35-game swing, unless, you know, an inj- a key injury. That's more of a chemistry thing, thing not yeah. the, yeah. yeah, just purely based on the, the roster and chemistry. Yeah, that's the yeah the rocket. The rockets are an interesting one. The other the other interesting I'll use the word interesting before talk about my smoky is the is the jazz. A Go lot on, of people there is a lot of whispering saying the jazz are, are right up there. That it's it was a conventional move, but it was a really good move. You know, you're not going to. It, it was a smart structural. It's probably the best the jazz could hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Not to, to undermine them, but they're, they're not one of those big markets that attracts yeah, big names. They were names. never thinking we could go and get Kyrie Irving to come to they, Salt. Yeah, they weren't secretly talking with Kawhi on the side going, oh, but he really wants to move to Utah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to ski. Uh, exactly. No. So trading for Conley was a really smart move. It's third season for Donovan Mitchell which, you know, you're through the second-year blues, you've made your adjustments, and now you can really take the league on. And, well, now he gets to play a shooting guard role. Yeah, and the rest of the team is it's just a really good fit for each other. They're a really well-constructed team. Yep. Yep, and, I couldn't agree more. And they've, they've already won a playoff series or two so over the last few years, so it's not like what we were thinking about Oklahoma City pre the breakup and the change. Mm. is that we're not thinking, well... Can they do it in the playoffs? Because you know they sort of have already. They have the kernel of that. And they know how to win a seven-game playoff series. So, I, I mean, I do think they're the trendy pick as a sleeper. You know, regards. You know, keep putting out of your mind the fact that they were actually in the playoffs last season. Um, mm. Well, the, but, uh, yeah, I want, they're sort of like the way I've pegged Brooklyn previously. Is that fifth to eighth? Yeah, I don't see them shooting up. Oh, I, I can see them shooting up this season. I, I, I mean, if everything works well for Utah, I could, I could see them considering all the other teams in the West have sort of question marks over will they get, you know, 70, 75 games, 80 games out of certain guys. I could see Utah getting the number one seed as a oh. high 50 win team, as in, I can't see them. Uh, I think I, I, my overs on them would be, I, I don't know, I, 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 best best result, 13. Okay. I, 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 just, I just can't see them. There's been such a, a power shift to with, with the way these duos, I guess, have, have sort of paired up. And I think there's still one un, underrated, it's, if, it's, if you can call it that, squad that's, um, that I think people might be surprised by next season. Well, we've, got a, we've got a few, but we haven't talked about yet. Um, it's keeping things in the Western Conference. Yes. True or false? Will the New Orleans Pelicans be the best watch in the NBA this season? Will they be the best team to watch? I think it'll be inconsistent. I, I think it'll be like any exciting young team. Uh, who was it last season? It was very much like a Sacramento last season. Do you know what I mean? Well, like some nights, they just – no one brought it. Everyone was flat and they got trounced. But on the nights where they're all on and up and about and really moving the ball cleanly and, and everyone sort of on song, they'll be exciting. But I don't, I don't see them Sacramento. above 40 wins. I think they've got more talent than Sacramento. Yes, oh, for sure. And, and look, if that Lakers, all those Lakers pieces stay healthy, 
it'll be an interesting it'll be a good experience i think um i'm the biggest i suppose disappointment was losing lonzo ball because i actually think he is um he's got a he's got great court vision uh he's a very versatile player and a great defender yeah i would have loved him in phoenix yep absolutely i would have loved him playing next to d book that that's a backcourt that i could get excited about because they're just very much so. One of them is ticking. One or the other is ticking all the boxes. Yeah. I mean, Ingram can be exciting. He feels very one-dimensional uh, to me from what I've seen while he was in, in L.A. Who else have they, they got? They've got Zion, obviously. Zion Zion being the the key, well, the centerpiece now because yeah. there's no – what else have they got? They signed Drew Holiday. They've still got they've, Drew. They've Drew Holiday. And – They've got an option on uh, Jalil Okafor. Yeah. Yeah. And they signed JJ Redick. Redick, I think, is an amazing pickup. Yeah. I think what Redick did for Philadelphia, he can do very similar for for New Orleans. Mm. That that veteran, that sort of the consistency. Yeah. He's been around the league a long time and that's had a win. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's done it all, which is not many players have sort of been around the traps like that and been at such a high level as JJ. I, I, regard, I mean, I think they will be at times a, a, an incredible team to watch. And I think you'll, when they're on national television or in America or, you know, on ESPN here, you'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that game, make sure I'm not doing anything that Saturday morning when they're on. But I don't think we'd be talking about... I don't think we'd be having a discussion about whether they'd be a playoff team or not if they were in the Eastern Conference. I think it would just mm. like they're, they're, they're going to be a sixth seed. So I think it's more about the strength of the West is the reason why we're not talking about the Pelicans as a playoff team. They, yeah, look, they'll, they'll be fun to watch. I think fun is probably... Talent. Yeah, there's a lot of potential on that team. Yeah. And they've got a little bit of experience with Redick and, and Favors. Hmm. The yes. best team in the NBA for the last five years has been the Golden State Warriors. Yep. They've got Durant's gone, Iggy's gone. I think Iggy is a at their at their core is almost a bigger loss than Durant. Oh, you're insane. <laughs> not talent wise. Not 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 from a talent perspective. From from a pure the heart and soul of that group. Igudala is is he epitomizes what the Warriors are about. He's the player that said, I used to be, I want to I'm a starter, so I start. Mm. Steve Kerr talked to him. Early, early days. We want you coming off the bench. We need you as our sixth man. Yeah. And the day he accepted that role, that's the reason they they they're They've won multiple championships. As the players going, you know what? I'm not going to demand a role. I'm going to, I'm going to do the role the team requires of me. And I think he really set a a precedent for for the culture of of the Warriors. I've no doubt he had a huge influence. He was there sort of from pre Kerr, wasn't he? So yep. and was starting and. And that was it. When Kerr came on, he asked him to to come off the bench. 
who got him to accept the lesser role? The 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 heart and soul. Of Steve Kerr needs to reach out to Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Far out. No. Anyway. <laughs> and the the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> the heart and soul of that team is Steph Curry, and he's still there. Yeah. They are a team built in his image and likeness. Um, they've still got Draymond. They do. He just signed a big extension. Big extension. I think, other than the Rockets, they're also the they're also probably the team that has the biggest range of possibilities. Well, I, I keep I'd referring like to to, to, to Smokies because it seems like everybody's written them off, which which baffles me. They still have Steph Curry. Yep. MVP, unanimous MVP at that. Yeah. Draymond Green like Defensive Player of the Year. So they're not without their All-Stars. Yeah, and speaking and of All-Stars, they now have D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. I, I'd be really disappointed to see them trade Russell before the season starts. I want to see them play. D'Angelo Russell will be traded once Clay Thompson is evaluated in mid-January. That's my prediction. Simple. If, if Clay's not on track... Keep him to the end of the season. See what you can do with it. Does if it, Clay's does ahead of schedule and fitting up and running, move Russell, get another piece that fits with, well, maybe even trade to get something of the Iguodala role player in a different position. Fair enough. Um, does the, I mean, January's about the midpoint of the season, so let's say there are 41 games played when it's time to make that decision. Do you think their win total at that stage has any effect on what they do with Russell? You know, if Clay's coming What back, numbers he's putting up and things like that, do you mean? No, so more like if they're 15 and 26, do they mm-hmm. move for a piece or do they just sit pat right out the season? Does do they, they do they move for a piece halfway through? Whoa, if, that's... If, they, if they can't make the playoffs. Yeah, if they're sitting 15 and 26 at the halfway mark, yeah. um, then they shouldn't have got D'Angelo in the first place. I, I, I think they'll be above 500 at the halfway mark. I'm talking 2120, uh, like 500. Yeah. But if they're at that point and, and Clay's tracking well and getting shots up and showing that his recovery is going really well, I'd be seeing who was interested because the Warriors don't want Russell's stock to drop. They have to sell high on it. It's got to be mutual, right? It's got to be mutual interest. D'Angelo has to play well to make him a, an attractive asset. So I, I think if the Warriors are struggling, then they're going to struggle to move Russell anyway. Fair enough. They can come back in this time next year and see what there is to do. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what will be available um, come the mid, midway point of the season. Some of these pieces that have moved will, after December are – they can be moved again, so there are there are others that are that have been moved around. One we haven't haven't yet really touched on, and that's um, someone that's uh, over in sunny Miami. Yes, Jimmy Butler. Yes, could you see we that? Got, we haven't got uh, we haven't really spoken about Philly and everything that happened with them. Um, but well, oh, yeah, well, we can go into the East now. I think the Warriors sort of tick off. The West, yeah. as far as player movement and 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 decisions, I, I'm still surprised when they announced D'Angelo was going to the Warriors. 
I was like, all right, yeah, that's a joke. So where's he really going? Yeah. But, yeah, I think, surprise. I think, to, to you four Portland fans out there, I mean, in the whole world, um, we will get to you with the, when we when we go team by team. I, I yeah, I, I you look, have the extra five minutes. I don't want to you spend talking. I about I, I have a spot in that fifth to eighth range for Portland, specially set aside for them. Um, but that that's a that's a preseason. That's a that's a predictions for the actual season. No. Once we talk about the rosters in full, yeah. rather than the like, transactions that have blown our minds. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Miami sort of made me scratch my head. The Eastern the, Conference does that frequently. They they made the move for Butler. They've still got Dragic, who's only really talked about and is expiring. They moved Whiteside. Which I thought was a really good move. Yeah. But I, I just think they're still at an early stage in terms of creating a roster that can contend. And Butler's not going to be happy if, if that's it. Yeah. Which creates that on-flow effect and the, the win-now mentality. Have they, have they sort of said, be patient with us? Yeah, and we it's joke about Kyrie and Kevin Durant being the two most miserable uh, superstars in world sport. Those two guys tend to mope. Uh, Jimmy tends to get angry. Yeah, he doesn't do it quietly, subtly, no. um, cryptic tweets or anything. He just comes out and says it. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like, oh, if Jimmy Butler's unhappy, you want to be somewhere else. You don't want to be around him. Correct. And my, my understanding is Miami is the sort of place – you want to play if you don't really want to you know it's a it's a lovely if you want to kick back and have a have an extended contracted holiday <laughs> yeah so it's interesting that jimmy took his talents to south beach let me put it that way I, I just well there were a lot of whispers that he was going to he was going to come to la and and he didn't even really get on the radar mm. yeah there was there was some talk about Jimmy is the third superstar, the third piece. Mm. But I think once Kawhi, the the Kawhi talk started, he's like, "Yep, yeah, no, nah, I'm obviously not the next, the, the first choice here. I'm off." Mm. And it's interesting when you think about Butler was a free agent, and Kawhi basically got the Clippers to move heaven and earth to bring Paul George in when Butler they could have bought Butler. Yeah, there's got to be a reason for it. Mm. Maybe Kawhi called Carl Anthony Towns and asked him how he was as a teammate. That, that, that would have been a fun phone call. <laughs> Actually, no. We all know how it works. Kawhi doesn't make the phone calls. Uncle Dennis makes the phone calls. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, Just brush salt out of my beard. Has, uh, have, have, have we missed anyone in terms of teams that the Celtics signed Kemba Walker? Yes, yes, Kemba. Kemba is now a proud member of the Boston Celtics and the only all-star, NBA all-star to be representing the uh, United States when they when they tour in a couple of weeks. You got your tickets? Uh, no, and if I had them, I would have sold them. Yeah. Oh, and I, I did. I, I, did I, I made a, a vague prediction to what has transpired, saying that stars would pull out. I didn't think it would be on this scale. I, um, I thought two hundred and fifty dollars for a seat on the floor of. Doc but don't you want to watch to to watch Thaddeus Young? No. 
It's not a, it's not a question. I'm a mad Lakers fan, but I'm not paying that kind of money to watch Kyle Kuzma run around. Yeah. I think the really interesting thing about is it's not, it, it's not, that's in the last round of the AFL season. And to accommodate this, they've organized the last round so they're in eight different venues and there's two games at the MCG. Oh, wow. The Docklands, the Docklands was available. They could have moved that Richmond-Brisbane game to the Docklands and done it like the last game of the Premier League season where they could have had all nine games in the last round at nine different venues all at the same time. That's, in, that's insane. Yeah. That's what soccer does is the last game of the season, last round of the league, all the games yep. are at the same time. So you can't... Stops any uh, tanking, match-fixing. Yeah. yeah. Vying for positions, throwing games, letting Kobe drop 60 points. Oh, Colin, you love that. That was hilarious. <laughs> Did I mention I was there? No. Anyway. <laughs> Not in the last 10 minutes. Oh, good, good. Good. Um, well, well, I suppose we can we can even segue from the, the what's going to be an absolute train wreck of a exhibition game to a local hero in Ben Simmons um, who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. They didn't really gain a whole they, – they, they gained a little bit. I guess they gained an underrated piece. Yes, the Richardson they got from Miami. That was I – li- I mean, I like them. But I'd like them a whole lot more if Ben Simmons could shoot the ball. And I think everyone's of the same opinion. You know, did, ever, did you, did you yeah. see the new-look Philly taking place like this? Because they, they – didn't they – they signed Horford. Yeah. To go alongside Embiid. That side is huge. The Horford move is that they paid a premium for him. The fourth year is like the Horford tax. Yeah, so but you know, you know why you they got Horford without the fourth year. Then you know exactly why they got Horford, though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so that Embiid doesn't hit a shot at practice anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just like when when Sydney was like, "How do we stop this Lockett guy from kicking ten goals on us?" I know we'll recruit him. Yeah, I think Hawthorne did the same thing with. Uh, Signing Joel Gibson, who Josh Gibson, yep. sorry, was the only guy who could stop Buddy. <laughs> now, uh, let, let's just sign the back team. Of, and put them on the same team, and it gets even scarier. Yeah. By the way, Buddy, if you want to have an early preseason and get Cherry up for 2020, that's fine with me. Um, <laughs> no need to come back for that last game for 300. <laughs> that's um, well, he's not playing this week now. No. Um, but yes, new. No, I mean, I thought, I thought Ben Simmons had all the promise in the world where he came to the league, and I think we forget he's either played two or three seasons, and he's been in the NBA for four seasons, something like that. It, it, he's he's been in the league for no time at all. Where so, are you on the on the Ben Simmons? Uh, I suppose yeah. roller coaster, we'll call it. There was a time in the NBA where if you weren't seven foot, you could get away with not being able to shoot. We've had point guards who couldn't shoot. Um, we've had some of the best point guards in history who came into the league without a great jump shot. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of two, Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd. Yep. You got to... They eventually became good shooters. Magic played in a time when you, you could be a point guard and you, you could thrive and not shoot three. True. Um, Jason but you've Kidd got to work on your craft. But Jason Kidd developed the three and yeah. well the question I, I suppose the happen. question about Ben Simmons is 
is he at that has he has he ridden the potential train to the point where he's got to the end of the track and now he's got to prove that he's not just potential yeah i mean is the ceiling for ben simmons someone like lamar odom but without the off-court issues as harsh as it sounds i really hope he's not another andrew wiggins well i mean i think i think wiggins is a little, is a little bit of a different Fish, but, but, but it's a different it's a crossroad he's at that he's <clears throat> just can't take that next step yeah and, I mean wouldn't we all be more reassured if Ben Simmons had come out and said you know I'm not playing uh, the, these exhibition games in this World Cup because I I have to go away and learn how to shoot or something along that along those lines where you gave him an indication that that's the reason why I'm not playing is I'm I'm spending the next six weeks with Mark Price yes rather than coming down to Australia and getting knocked back from Crown and stirring up more drama. And wearing pretty much the football jumper of every he would re- in Melbourne. Well, there, there was a meme I saw online. They're like, it looks like the only jersey you won't put on is a gold, uh, green and gold one. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but true at this stage. It's Embiid's team, and that's fine because, you know, I mean, they are peers, though, those two guys. I was just thinking mm. It wasn't Magic's team for a long time when he arrived in LA. It was, it was, it, you know, regardless of how awesome Magic was, it was Kareem's team probably until Definitely. a couple of years of Kareem's career. But those guys weren't peers, you know. Magic yeah. was ten years younger than Kareem. Um, yeah, he earned his stripes, so to speak. Yeah, these guys have come into the league like one year, one after the other, and they're roughly mm. the same age. So, you know, you can't be wasting, you know, Embiid's prime. You know, B probably, if he stays fit, has the highest ceiling. You know, I think. I think that fitness thing really certainly more than Anthony Towns, possibly more than Anthony Davis, um, and maybe at the same level as uh, as Giannis. You know, and it's that. I suppose it's the injury prone. And if you're playing four or five, because yes, Simmons can't shoot the ball. Um then it makes things very difficult. Yeah, look, definitely Simmons needs to add that. I, I really think he needs to get off the potential train and show us what he's made of. Yeah. I mean, he's got the tools defensively, rebounds, passing, court vision, getting to the hoop, uh, all yep. that sort of stuff is just... I think my biggest fear is, is he doesn't go, I've just got my extension, I can rest on my laurels, and that's it. Because he won't be in Philly long if that happens. They will. They will. They'll make the move. They'll make the move, and he might be that next piece in uh, purple you know, and gold. You know, in a situation where the Philadelphia 76ers start thinking to themselves, "Geez, we'd be better off with someone like Mike Conley." Um, mm. You know, how old's Andre Miller? Let's get him on the phone. Um, some. Oh, the warrior. The Warriors are looking to move D'Angelo Russell. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be, that would frighten me. That 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 that's a potential win-win trade. Who says no on that trade? Imagine Ben Simmons with the Splash Brothers. Um, um, I'm Draymond Green. Simmons would play the five. Literally, and yeah. be one of the best passing fives in the game. Yeah, he wouldn't need to shoot. He just defensive rebound and throw touchdown passes. So what? What? What's your lineup of death? Draymond, Ben, do you run them together? So he, does he fill the void that KD left? 
Possibly. I mean, it's a, it's a different look, but I need a third three-point shooter with that lineup, though. Yeah, you need another three-point. Clay. But Interesting, that's, though. That is, one, that is one to give... That one does give you pause. On the other hand, D'Angelo Russell in Philadelphia with that team is... Scary. That's a, that's a potential 150 points in a night team. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Look, yeah, look, that a lot of wins to be had. So... If that happens, we will be we'll be sharing this podcast with uh, the powers that be, saying, "Well, now look at this for prediction powers." So, final thing, let's get back to what what is particularly what you want to talk about: opening nights, Lakers, Clippers. Uh, yeah, battle for LA uh, minus Lakers, Clippers. Well, that hopefully Paul George makes it home in time for Christmas. Hey, does the NBA pull their finger? Is one of those games a Clippers home game, or are, they, are those the two Lakers home games? Uh, they're both nationally televised because apparently every Lakers game this season is nationally televised. Yeah, but who's are there championship banners hanging off the rafters or not? Uh, is it yellow or blue? The court. That's a good question. I haven't seen the the actual oh, well. schedule. Opening night is a Clippers home game. Oh, good. And then I, I knew the Lakers. The late the Christmas Day was the Laker one, so. Mm. So that's a sign the NBA thinks the Clippers have arrived. Opening night is at Clippers. Oh well, yeah, they're, they're the favourites. Everybody, everybody loves the new the the new team. Well, we'll we'll get into favourites and all that sort of stuff when we come back next month and do it. All right, low team by Clippers team. at Lakers for Christmas Day. And the Celtics have to travel to Toronto. That'll be on right when you're you're uh, when I see you on Boxing Day, won't it? You'll be just like on your phone. You know what? I might just have to come over early on Christmas and <laughs> <laughs> Boxing Day, a minute past midnight. <laughs> I'm here to settle in for some basketball. No, that's great. When I, when I started watching NBA. Uh, live from America was two games on Christmas Day. Uh, now it's five. five. So it's like back to back to back to back to back. It's a lot of basketball. And the Lakers Clippers is at midday. I'm looking at the schedule now. Yeah, that's Australian. That's Eastern Standard Eastern Daylight Saving Time. Midday. And it says 12 p.m. So yeah. I'm hoping it's adjusted for daylight savings. So we down next month. Yeah, we we, we should the um, like we did last year to such a claim. There's one team we didn't actually talk about at all, and that's because they really didn't make any moves, and that's the Denver Nuggets. So those the Nuggets and the and the Trailblazers will definitely get some um, some time, I think. Yeah, and the Bucks because they've got last year's MVP and didn't do yeah. too much. So we'll, get well to do them. you call him last year's MVP? I mean, he didn't get the award until. Practically this season. Uh, uh, Sorry, I, 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 I'm still. It's a sore point with me. The. Uh, me too. If you're gonna make an event of it, just oh, I don't know. You don't get the awkward moment with Omen, like uh, Dirk getting his MVP after they've been swept in the first round by the eight seed. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Look at like the AFL finals. We have a bit of time off. You then do the awards. Then go into the playoffs. I don't know. And then the score review comes through. <laughs> we will do it in next month. So 
And September. If there's, if there's anything you want us to talk about NBA-wise, please uh, drop the Facebook page uh, a message and we will do our best to try and accommodate. Thanks, Adam. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. This has been the podcast, episode three of the podcast. It should go without saying, and we'll catch you next time.